is Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Coming soon to iOS and Android. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. Um, wait, happy MLK Day. How are you guys yes. doing today? Oh, yes. Happy MLK Day. Yeah. Do you guys celebrate that in Paris? Girl, no. Okay. I didn't think so. Girl, they don't celebrate people here. Like, I don't think they have a day for any person. No. The days they give are, like, religious. Oh, okay. So, saints and stuff. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, does it? <laughs> <laughs> For where you are, yes. Yeah. Oh my God, for these secular people. Whatever. <laughs> uh, hi everybody, I'm Sarita. Uh, you can follow me at Find Me Up. You can call. You can call. You can follow the Swirl Suite podcast at Swirl Suite on all social media. I'm here with Grummy's class. And hi, I was just about to say you can call. Wait a minute, we got I know, some. I listen. We got some new stuff. <laughs> no, no, nothing new. <laughs> And we have a special guest with us today. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing amazing. Wonderful. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to just start saying it. And then maybe one day I'm I've had a three-day weekend, so. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, Alicia, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Thank you. Well, hello, everyone in the Swirl Suite family and audience. My name is Alicia Maria. I am the owner and founder of The Wine Noir. We were founded in September 2017, and we are a women-owned and women-of-color wine collective that works with minority and women winemakers to help um, expand their importing, um, exporting, wholesale, and distribution arm of their business. So, yeah, that's what I do. That's that's really that's a big job you have. Right. Yes. I'm like, that's a lot. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, I take naps. Yes. <laughs> now do I work all of those simultaneously? We'll talk more about that. <laughs> that's one of the questions on our list. So we'll yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how did you how did this all get started? How did you get into the wine industry? So we're in 2020. So about eleven I'll say around two thousand and nine. Um I, I've always been like a wine person, but not really deep into wine. But when I turned 30, um, I attended, um, I had friends that were like, just, you know, would go to wineries. And one of the most popular wineries here in the Bay Area that a lot of us go to is um, the Chandon, Chandon and Visa Tui. Those are like the big ones that are kind of inclusive. And, you know, you don't really have to be so into wine to really appreciate the the wine and the scenery. So when I turned 30, I had a birthday party at um, Chandon with like 15 of my girlfriends. And that was just where it started. Like I just loved all the wines that they had. And um, I became a wine club member, but I was also um, 
talking to um, our server there and just talking to them about the wine industry because it just looks so fun. Like, I mean, we were having a ball and just the wines were amazing. So from there, it just kind of piqued my interest. And that whole summer in 09, I think I spent every weekend or every other weekend in wine country, like literally in Napa, just having a good time with friends. Instead of going to clubs, we would just go on Saturday and Sunday to the wine industry, I mean, to the wineries. So yeah, from there, um, I went to um, the, I think it was the last African-American Vintners Association's. Um, symposium that they had that year and I was invited by a friend of mine because I noticed when I was going to Napa the lack of diversity in the tasting rooms mm. so um, from there I'm always here living in the Bay Area it's very multicultural but the further into Napa and Sonoma you get into it's or Mendocino County is of course not as diverse in the tasting room so luckily one of my friends invited me to the African-American Vintner Symposium in the summer and then that's where I met Mac McDonald I met Theopolis I just met a lot of people in the industry and didn't even know it existed I didn't even know we own any vineyards the Estralina mm-hmm. Brothers at that time and from there um, a few years later I ended up becoming, I would say about seven years later, I became an ambassador for Boisset. I think everyone knows the mm-hmm. Boisset line. And I did that for, um, in 2016, for about a year and a half. And I was doing amazing, selling a lot of John Legend and just, you know, doing well with that. And then I met Selena um, mm-hmm. at an event. And um, I had always wanted to do business in Africa. And then when I met her at an Oakland Wine Festival, um, in early 17 in the summer, she was, you know, did a presentation. And then from there, she, you know, I said, I want to know who you are. Like, I want to work for you. Yeah, she's then, amazing. Yeah. So from there, she actually lives in LA. So it was really cool. Linked up with her. She gave me the rundown about her. I did some research on her. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw one of your podcasts. I yeah, did some yeah she's research. been on the, sh- yeah, she's been on the show. <laughs> Yeah, so from there, I um, signed up, I became, I formed my company, and I noticed there was a lack of distribution after talking with her and just her journey. That was the main issue we were having here in the Bay Area, like, there's no, I mean, there are distributors, but that focus primarily on our wines, our spirits, that's non-existent. So Selena was, you know, the LA part of it. I just said, well, why don't I just do, you know get into it because everyone is producing wine which we still need more wine producers Mm -hmm. but there's no supply chain for it Mm -hmm. so while I signed up with her as a wine broker I was just selling out the remaining of her inventory while I was getting licensed Mm -hmm. and then I um, started in September 2017 and became licensed as an importer in January of 2018. Was that a difficult um, (laughs) to become an importer is was that hard to do getting your licensing and all that? I'm not really, um, but it, if you're not a person that's a legalese type person and mm. just really into because it is very regulated. So at the federal level, it was, um, once I really understood the process, it wasn't difficult. Um, the process that was difficult is that basically they will not award you an importer license unless you have to have importers be interested in you they have to send you letters so selena along with my relationships she was able to help me with that process so um yeah but it's not hard at all not hard but at the state level that's a whole nother story with abc 
here in California. Gotcha. And speaking of California, what is it like being, because you're from Oakland, right? Born and raised. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like being from Oakland and like living in California and being amongst like, I know that we have issues with diversity in some of the tasting rooms, but Oakland is booming as far as people of color and wine. What is, what is it like to be a part of that? Um, It is so amazing. And I will say the boom has just recently happened Mm -hmm. with the younger, like our generation, because it used to be more exclusive. Like in 2009, it was more so in wine country, Mac McDonald's generation, even with Andre Mac just being in those areas. But once the McBride sisters really took off, yeah, um, it really in Oakland. What's interesting is that we are an event heavy city. Like literally, we just had Afrotech out here. We have events 365 days out the year. So it's really amazing. We have a lot of like wine wine shops and things like that. Um, it's it's amazing, but it's still not diverse. The ownership is not diverse. Right. So yeah, we're in droves. African Americans and other people of color are supporting you'll see us in the tasting rooms you'll even see african-americans working but it's still the ownership part is not there we don't even have a black wine lounge or a black wine shop you Mm. would think so but it's still progressive it's still um i don't feel discriminated against i don't feel that at all but Mm -hmm. i think that it's getting better. You know, I know my friend, she's getting ready to open up the first black wine lounge called Magnolia Wine Street. I can talk more about that later or give you guys some information about that. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Um, Ooh, let's see my next question. Oh, so tell us more about your business, um, the wine war and like the other things that you do, because you also have a wine club. Yes. So the wine club, so the wine club will launch later this summer. So, but um, my wine, so the wine noir, what we are, as I mentioned, the introduction is that we are broken up into four components, sometimes five Um, wholesale distribution, which is one arm and then the import export which is another arm. And then I also do wine consulting, which is, I'm going to start picking that up more later in the year. And um, so with the wine club, what, and some of the wines that I have in my portfolio, again, um, I partnered with Selena to wholesale a lot of her existing inventory, which was House of Mandela, Mahuti, um, Seven Sisters. So primary focus is women and women of color brands. Um, I've had Brazilian wines like Don Garino, Casa Valduga. So I have those wines. So mainly what I've been doing for the last year and a half is working a lot on the wholesale and distribution. I have my own warehouse that I sublet here in um, nearby in Oakland where I house all of the wine. And so I work a lot with the first year I did a lot of restaurants. You know, pitching to a lot of restaurants, my whole thing was like, if you're a Black-owned restaurant, you should have at least 50% of your wines or spirits should be Black-owned or people of color. So I did that heavy for the first year in 2018. But then my business really started picking up when I, because we have a big tech community and we have a lot of event planner and management companies. And so I switched my business model to sell only directly to b2b companies like mm. google facebook you That's know smart 
Yeah, and um, I work with a lot of um, event planners, so they have, I mean, liquor licenses. So a lot of my wine I've been selling big time in wholesale. And then my direct-to-consumer clients, um, I do a lot of pop-up events. So over the summer, I have my own pop-up location with the art studio. And so I do a lot of pop-ups to get a lot of the customer interest to sell the wines. So right now, I was, I'm working on the wholesale distribution, building that up, building my inventory. And then this year, I will, I'm going to South Africa, and I'll be importing wines mm. in on my own, finally. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so. That's exciting. Yes, I'm excited. It's, 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 this is an expensive business. I mean, yes, to run is. a full-fledged company like mine, even at a small level, which I am a boutique, you need minimum a million dollars. And Jesus. did I have that? No. So that's why I partner with Heritage and I started off doing wholesale mm. distribution. But now... I'm in the process of going to launch a crowdfund campaign later in the year so people can be shareholders so that I can, you know, expand. My goal is to be like one of the top um, women-owned, minority-owned import and distribution companies of spirit, I mean, of wine. Mm. That's the goal. Wow. I'm so impressed. That's that's really amazing. I'm speechless. I'm like, okay. Right. Right. I'm still stuck on that million. <laughs> oh, I know. It's it's wine is very it's a a rich man's game. Like yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. from a consumer, but you know, it's very um, and 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 I'll just say this. Um, I have my own palate for what I like, but as in the in the business of wine, I taste for the consumer. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. I sell my wines, the type of wines that I sell, or I focus on international and domestic. But I tend to keep a price point between nineteen, like I'll say fifteen ninety nine to thirty dollars. Those are the ranges of wines that I stick with. I haven't ventured into the luxury market yet, mm-hmm. so. Um, can we talk about the terrace really quick? Well, see so you, oh, you don't, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so please tell us how you feel. Well, I just saw that they reached a deal. I saw okay. that like a few hours ago. Okay. I don't really I know what that means, but it seems like it's not going to be, it's no longer an issue, but I don't know. I don't know yet. Okay. Um, but please tell us your thoughts about the tariffs and what, okay. how they would affect you. Okay, so my thoughts on the tariffs, of course, I'm in. I'm not in support of it. I wasn't in support of the 25%, but definitely this 100% would have been devastating to the entire market. Um, here in California, like I, like I just listened to a podcast, one of our industry podcasts, and listened to one of the master psalms and um, one of the directors, the beverage directors at um, a big beverage house here and literally if that 100% tariff would have passed literally the cost of French champagne all international European would have just literally tapped out a lot of importers here in California because you have a lot of them who majority of their portfolios are European wines Mm -hmm. so it would have I mean yeah it could have been a positive for California because then we can just encourage people to drink California wine but there's like a, a percentage of the business of imported wines that we being the fifth largest economy in the world that we support. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in support of it when it comes to my business, even though I don't, um, 
particularly the regions that I am focusing on are South Africa, um, regions in South America. Um, there are some, I would love to get our, our, our sister Marisa Sierra, I would love to get her champagnes here. So it would have had an impact, like if I were trying to import her champagne, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't do it because it's, you know, so um, definitely it would have impacted my business. I just think that I, I would have pivoted, you know, and still stuck with South Africa, sure. st- stick with regions that is not impacting. And it could have been an advantage for me, but also as a community, we're like family, mm-hmm. you know, so I just think it wasn't a good, a good idea. And it had nothing to do with us. Right, you know? exactly. a, lot of, a lot of the tech companies, when I read the article, a lot of the tech companies were pushing for it, like Facebook and Google. I'll send you some articles. I was real shocked what? at some of the players that were supporting this tariff, you know, so it, you know, I hope that, you know, whatever, you know, the outcome is that that happened today is going to put everyone at ease. Hmm. Wow. Boy, oh boy. Were, uh, were they talking about the tariffs in France at all? In Not Paris? at all. Wow. Not at all. And someone asked me that too. I was like, huh, let me see. And I was like, no, no one said a word. I don't even think they knew it was happening because I guess yeah. it didn't really affect them per se. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, we still going to drink it. Yeah. We're going to send it to, you know, China and Spain and, you know, other and that's places what they would do is yeah. pivot. They would, what basically it would impact because all the French producers would do is, like you said, just sell to other countries. Mm. But see, you the U.S. market is the big, well, in my opinion, the biggest, like, consumption of wine. Yeah, you have the Chinese, but it's like, you know, we hmm. consume a lot of wine here. Wow. But yeah, that was not talk here at all. And someone asked me that too. But. Interesting. So, Alicia, is your goal still to own your own vineyard? I read your article in um, Cuisine Noir. Yes. Yeah. Is that your goal? So, yeah. So, um, I, I have several goals, but yeah, I would love to own a vineyard. Um, I don't know where, like, I would love to own one here, but even if it's in South Africa, wherever, like, and I do want to produce one day and Mm -hmm. own like a wine shop. Like I do want those things. So I would love to like long-term goal is like to build this, the distribution business and important business up get some partners on and then, you know, progress to making my own label. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and I would invest with other people too. If I can get a group of people of us Mm -hmm. and we all become joint owners, I don't only want it to just be me, but just the place we can all go. So yeah, that is the goal is to have a vineyard because I'm a big owner of, I mean, importance of land, like in order for us to have legacy in the industry, we all have our niches and every niche is important from what you guys do to media, blogging, all of this and the event side, but every industry plays an integral part in the, f- the present and the future of wine, but producing and owning the land, the grapes, yeah, like that is big, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, so definitely that's maybe a 15 year <laughs> plan. Hopefully, I don't know, but it's yeah. going to come in my retirement years. Yeah. Where where would you want to grow your grapes? Oh, <laughs> Lord, I probably would say, you know what? I love Napa, like literally. Mm. I mean, how did I, I know you going to say that? But you know, it's just it, it's. <laughs> I just love it. Like I watch all these documentaries on Napa, and it's just and just being there. It, it's just really. I know it's overrated to some, but it's just it's just nostalgic. I actually stay 
30 minutes. I don't live in Oakland anymore, um, mm-hmm. but I live about 35 minutes from Napa. Wow. So it's kind of like, you know, there's some hidden gems um, mm-hmm. wherever I go. I do, I rent an Airbnb and I'll just stay there and just kind of go. Like, it's like my peace of mind. So if, if there was some land free in Napa, which is rare, it's hard mm-hmm. to get. Yeah. Um, I would, I would grow a Napa and grow a traditional cab, like literally. <laughs> That's awesome. Hmm. I can see you doing that too. Yeah. What are you guys drinking? Um, I'm drinking a kava. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the name of it. La Grania. I, I think that's how you say it, but um, it has a cute little bird on the front. Nice. But um, yeah, I've been trying new kavas all weekend and um, this one is different. It's um, I think it's more food friendly mm-hmm. than it is um, than drinking by itself, but um, it's pretty good. It's really cold outside. So I really have a taste for something red, but I didn't have anything in the house yeah yeah at the moment are you drinking Step game up man Step i know yeah man. i'm of course i support local right now i'm drinking the she can so oh, the she can. I, oh, you know i was one of the winners of the scholarship so i have to nice. always support oh, okay. um so yeah this is a sauvignon blanc you can find these at safeway they're they're um the mcbride sisters are really like just blowing it up Mm. here so yeah it's really good I just had the rosé like two days ago and for me I like canned wines I'm just I don't it's something new for me you know of course I love the bottle but yeah we like canned wines too we have a few of a can you just pop that right on open Mm yeah yeah it's a um um a winery Uh, do you come to the east coast very often I've the last time I came to DC oh my god was like during the 2012 the inauguration the oh, second inauguration okay. i was That's there like, was clinton in office i know it's been so long <laughs> and then i came for all-star like back in the day so i only okay. did oh, like twice back in the day. Okay. i love <laughs> yeah. i love the dmv though like yeah. i used to want to live out there uh, yeah we have yeah. um we have a big black wine community here yes um, a lot of a lot of black tasters here and um, we're big fans of a lot of the local wines. So, yeah, you got to come out and hang with us. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm also just wanted to say I'm going to be part of also when you were talking about the community of the Bay Area in Oakland, I'm actually there. We partner a lot with the chefs out here. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have chef tastemakers out here. We have um, people like myself, who's a wine aficionado. And then we have... Um, you know, dessert makers. And so um, I'm going to be part of a, a, a big, it's called the Black um, Winemakers, Black Wine and Food Festival. Mm-hmm. So we do this every year. So I'll send it to you guys. It's already sold out, but yeah, oh, wow. we have a lot of those events. We also have um, just for Black History Month, I'm going to do like three or four events. So we oh, do wow. a lot of that. Like we do a lot of like events. That's mm-hmm. the thing to expose people. Cause you wouldn't even, you guys probably get this all the time. I didn't know that there were black wines. I get that all the time <laughs> from people, not just, I mean, black folks too. Like yeah. they still don't know. And, and and I'm wondering in this day of social media, yeah, why, but I guess it's, the I feel like um, everybody, uh, I, I'm not sure your age bracket, but I feel like everybody like, 40 and over knows brown but yes. that's it <laughs> that's, that's the only that's the only one that they know mm-hmm. 
I actually went when Brown first opened their tasting room. I I went there on the first day. What? Wow. Yeah. So I I was a Brown member, library member for years. Um, mm. prior to that, I used to go to the Vineyard all the time prior to um their opening their tasting room. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, just their story is amazing. You know, yeah. um, it's just an amazing story. The Estralina brothers. They I don't know if you remember them. They had a Vineyard in Hillsboro. And they lost that. So there's just so many. It's just a lot. We we have a small community out here, but again, it's like my target market is like Gen Xers, Millennials. Mm. Those are like my market of getting the word out. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um. Okay. So the next part of our show, we just have a handful of questions that are random and not so rapid so you can go on and on if you choose okay okay what is your favorite comfort food oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) oh I mean food I love tacos like I just I was about to say California you're gonna say tacos (laughs) oh my god I eat tacos like maybe a couple of times a week like literally um but other yeah tacos and for dessert, I love like the little mini red velvet cupcakes. Mm. I love that. I know that's crazy, but just, yeah, taco <laughs> street tacos and or steak tacos and red velvet cupcakes. <laughs> I know that's a weird combination. Tanisha, is yours still the same? Girl, nothing changes about me. <laughs> Girl, I am predictable. <laughs> I mean, I'm lying, but no, that part hasn't changed. Other things change, but no, that hasn't changed. And remind the people what yours is. I'm pretty sure I said fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like fried chicken? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty mine, sure of that. Yeah, mine shifts right this week. I was hard on chicken livers, so I made some yesterday. Mm. Um, that, That's comforting to me. I like that. I love chicken livers. And um, okay. when you go, sometimes when you go to, I went to a lot of winter parties, um, mm-hmm. in the past couple of months and they've been doing this thing where they fry mac and cheese in a little ball. What? So they just make a ball out of like a small little, like a meatball size yeah. of mac and cheese. Oh, like, and ro- roll it in like um, breadcrumbs. And, and flour, fry. I was going to say flour. That's, yeah. That sounds yeah. good. That. Oh my sounds God, amazing. it's so good. And it's just like the perfect bite of mac and cheese. Like you yes. can go back or you can just be satisfied with that bite and this, oh, I love it. Do you dip it, it in anything? Like, do they yeah. have like a dipping sauce? Because nah, they just that would be delicious too. Like in the marinara sauce, like you do a regular. No, that would be good. Like, I think that would be that tasty, would be like good. some kind of pesto sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, nope. They just yeah. So I love that. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'm about to come up with a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. My next question is: Have you ever had a bad job? a bad job well a job that you hated (laughs) (laughs) yes um so in my day job I do a lot of consulting in healthcare and biopharm in the area oh hold on so you actually have a day job also yeah oh my god (laughs) well caveat I don't have any children right so that kind of frees me up I am single, actively dating, so I'm not really committed 100%, so I have 100% of my time, Hmm. so that's kind of like the only caveat, so I'm sure. I got you. That matters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So yeah, I've had a bad job, and 
the last, because I do a lot of contract work and my business is primary. Mm-hmm. And the last job I had, I actually, um, I just left. I know that's unprofessional, but it, it got to the point where I did not come back. Oh, wait, you just left like for the day and didn't come back. Well, yeah, and didn't come back. I called the agency and said, I've been here five months and the person, I just couldn't do it. But okay. I luckily I have money in the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had another contract lined up maybe about a month later. So, <laughs> and at least you called because, um, yeah, <laughs> I've left some Jones that never said a word. Yeah. Like, all right, y'all, see you later. And I later, just feel they're... like in corporate, and that could be a whole nother conversation. Oh, I just girl. feel like in this, you know, in this administration we're in, it's like a lot of microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Lately. And when you have your own business or you, you know, have a business on the side, and you are empowered and you make your own money. It's like us as African-Americans, we don't have to take it. It's like, okay, we know our value and we can detect. So I noticed lately within the last like five or six, maybe 10 years, it's just been a lot of microaggression. Mm -hmm. I know why, but it's like my tolerance as a black woman to be stressed out. I can't do that. So if it doesn't feed my soul, I'll, you know, do make sure I budget so that I can live, you know, have my peace of mind. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Tanisha, what about you? Have I ever had a bad job? Girl, how do you think I got here? <laughs> I know. Like, I quit a job and left the country. Okay. I know. Yeah. I admire that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love your okay. friends. And right? we're done. Yes. Oh, my God. I love yours and the wine <laughs> country out there. Yeah. So, yeah, I've had bad jobs. That's a plural. Yeah. I, you know, I honestly say that I can't say that I had had a bad job. It's the people that I couldn't handle. Mm-hmm. And that's what pushed me out. Okay. Um, I've had both. Yeah. The job too. was terrible. And then there have been terrible people. And then mm-hmm. there was a job with terrible people, a terrible job, yes. a terrible. Oh, no. Yeah. I yeah. love working from home. Like that me is, too. I, I, I have a home office. Like I love I love working remotely. Like I don't have to be in a corporate office. Like mm-hmm. when people complain about being isolated, no, I have an active social life. I, I don't, I want to get Oof, out of it. You I better preach. To. Yeah. I just, yeah. Mm. So yeah. Um, ever since I had hit about 30 ish, I left, I kind of do the gig economy thing. I do that. What's that mean? What's that mean? So working, um, getting out of the traditional nine to five and just kind of whatever I do, it's basically um, working from home, you know, Mm -hmm. still nine to five or eight hours, but just have an independent lifestyle. So I can be location independent, work from home. Um, You know, I pay my own benefits, which, you know, so things like that. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. It's harder to do, but after a while, to me, the peace of mind is like, Mm-hmm. for me it's like amazing yeah the peace of mind is good um some people just struggle with that because of stability yeah it's um, hard like, yeah. yeah yeah not for everyone but with today's you know in this day and age the, i mean the gig economy is something that's big you know so really just yes. to bring it in other terms gig economy be like if you work for uber or oh, yes or, okay okay you know, gotcha like that where you just okay. grabbing contracts and you have gigs when they come 
I get it. Because mm-hmm. um, you can drive a car, you know, take people around. You can do delivery as far as food. They have it where you can do odd jobs for people. Like you can go clean people's houses or yeah. run their errands, you know, get their groceries or things like that. I get and it. so some people just like that flexibility of being able to do a job when they want to do it. Yeah. And then when they don't want to do a job, you know, for whatever reason, then they don't have to, you yeah. know, they don't have to work. Have y'all heard of remote year? No. Oh, no, yeah. And I know some people who um, run a remote year organization. Who really? And then um, uh, organize it for a year to help other people do it. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Or you just, is that a, you just work remotely for a year? Yeah, but you do it in different countries. So it's like oh. um, a three, you have four different countries and you're there for three months each in the different countries. Mm. yeah so you get to see those countries and you know you have your own remote job Mm -hmm. i'm definitely gonna check it out yeah i think i was looking at it because a coworker told me about it um of course the the people that you work for currently have to agree to it Mm. um or you have to be able to you know whatever your business is work remotely and yeah yeah they arrange for everything they arrange that you have your wi-fi whatever that you need you know Mm -hmm. to work Mm -hmm. remotely Remotely in, yeah, in the countries. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so many options. Hmm. Maybe I would do that for Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I need, because I'm actually going to South Africa in about 45 days. I'll leave March 2nd. Mm. I like you working on the day. So it's so 45 days, I'm out. Yes. yes. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to be in Cape Town for those full two weeks because, and I know I should go to Joburg, but I'll make a second trip. Girl, please. Have we been to Africa? No. Right. Just, took, oh, I'm just going to Cape Town. Africa. No, but let me tell you, it took me two <laughs> years. No, it, I've been in business two years and five months. It took me that long to kind of, um, get you know mm. to save and to yeah to do because I like to travel a certain way too I'm not one of those right. people that be in hostels I can't do that that's just not me mm-hmm. but you know um yes so finally I'm gonna be there for two weeks in March visiting wineries black wineries and oh, nice. all that and hopefully I can document all that stuff so I'll yeah. see what I can is do. Selena gonna be there too oh no this is separate so okay um, Selena and I, we don't, we still deal with each other, but we're more so, I'm more independent. Okay. So I, um, I sold most of her inventory out mm-hmm. probably, let me see, several hundreds of cases of wine. Wow. And um, so, yeah, this is all independent, but she's referred me to some of her clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, but I'm, I found some new, some new um, black wine makers that, mm. uh, that I posted and yeah, it's a lot of them. Oh, women wow. yeah like there's this one sister um out of she's like the Oprah of um Cape Town you know she's a personality she she's a celebrity brand it's mm-hmm. called House of BNG House of mm-hmm. BNG champagne sparkling wine House and of BNG spell it for me B B as in boy N-G N-G oh okay and so she I saw her on the breakfast club and then she says oh I have this sh- this wine and Da, 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 da. so I looked her her company up and um yeah and then there's another woman named Sawila S-I I mean S-I-W-E-L-E-A she makes peanut I love peanutage so here in California the seven sisters the the rose peanutage sold out everyone mm-hmm. loved it so she makes 
um, sparkling peanutage is this other um, winemaker she makes um, still. So I really want to bring, you know, work with her. So she has eight different brands. Mm. So yeah, there's several. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of um, up and coming black women and men winemakers coming out of South Africa. That's amazing. All right. So next question. What fashion trend are you ready to erase? If y'all don't have one, I have one right away. So, oh Lord, oh, no, you go first because I gotta think on that. Okay. Um, and this is this doesn't exclude hair because the one I'm about to bring up is hair related. Oh, there mm, is yeah. this, there is this like I don't know if it's a wig or tracks, but it's bone straight, and there's a part oh, yeah. in the middle, and it's it's cut evenly all around. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh-huh. You hate that? I hate it because everybody's looks the same. What they do is like vary in color, but I mm-hmm. think it just looks so monotonous. Like everybody has the same hair. I really hate mm-hmm. it. I'm ready for it to go. Okay. Let's see. You know what? Because here in California, we... I say our fashion is more like I love leggings and all that good old stuff, like active wear. But I think, um, oh, skinny jeans on men. Like I want that mm. to go. I don't want it to be baggy, but these extra skinny jeans. That like, I see you need so- to be able to put something in your pocket. Yeah. Mm. Or just when I see more so the younger generation, like, and I, like they're they're like sagging skinny pants that's what mm, they do like yeah. to me that I like fitted I like when men or young men or older men wear like fitted jeans that fit them but these skinny jeans I want them to go that whole because yeah. they look like leggings some of them be yes yeah and they I sag too bad. some I'm of like, them show they some of them show their you know underwear it's not cute it's, mm. it's, I thought you were about to say it's not clean. I was about to fall. Yeah, some of it isn't either. (laughs) It reminds me back in the day when Criss Cross, you remember, jumped. But they just, yeah, that's that's basically, um, I would want them to get rid of that trend, that fashion. Tanisha, you got one? Yes, and you know I keep it uh, controversial. Uh Uh-oh, what is it? Um, you and a lot of people do this i mean y'all have probably done it so i might be talking to one of (laughs) (laughs) y'all the wearing of the jacket just on the shoulders and not like putting your arms in sleeves. are you serious oh my god i don't know why (laughs) oh like the reaction to that to show your yeah those are i'm like But then I'll still be like, oh, my God, it's cold. Or be like, oh, it's chilly. Or they'll pull it together. I'm like, why don't you put your arms in the sleeves? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what the jacket is for. But just wearing it on your shoulders, like, okay, this is the outfit. It would still look the same if you put your arms in the sleeves. Like, how is yeah. it different? Oh, my God. Why is this so why funny? It bothers me. <laughs> you, you knew it was about to be something uh, slightly petty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It bothers me, and the thing is, it bothers me so much. Like, sometimes I'm disturbed (laughs) by how much it bothers me. But I'm always just like, oh, my God, put your arms in. Put your arms in the sleeves. Like, I cannot. Like, how is that even staying on your shoulders? Oh, man. Where do you put your purse? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I have have one more. Um, The massive eyelashes. 
Oh yeah, Girl, the caterpillar, like butterfly. Jo- they argue now. I can't <laughs> stand it. And sometimes it's too thick. Like, yes, it's too thick. Like, yeah. And also, Hi. like, where are you going? Like, it's noon on a Tuesday. Like, wh- yeah. why do you need this now? Yeah. There are Full day thing. lashes, and then they're like night lashes. Like, mm. wear those at night. Ugh, if you I gotta wear them. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, they get out of hand. Yeah. Okay. I could go on, but I'll stop there. I'm just I'm a I'm a plain Jane. I'm a I'm a plain Jane. Okay. <laughs> Lashes are cute though, but yeah, yeah. They, they can extend yeah. your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like mascara does. Like mascara doesn't yeah. look like that when you put mascara on, but you yeah. can definitely tell the difference with mascara. But yeah, some of them are out of control. I see some of the, you know, YouTubers or just people on Instagram and mm-hmm. they'll have the lashes on. I'm like, wow, did you put on two sets? I'm like, that Ooh. can't be one set. Mm. <laughs> All right, oh, carry on. Uh, next next question. question. Are you a caller or would you rather text? I actually like talking. Um, I okay. <laughs> it depends. Like if it's some like... Yeah, if I if if we're like yeah, I do like calling because after a while, texting can just be too much. Mm, got you. I am the opposite. <laughs> you have a four-page letter. Four-page. You have. You know what I'll do? I'm super petty because I'll be like, "Oh, this is too much to type. I'll send you an email." I yes. do not like talking on the phone. Really? I don't. Oh. Not at all. Oh. I want to go back and forth. I'll send you a voice recording if I don't want to type. How about that? But yes. Don't, but don't call me to talk. Mm-hmm. I, 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 used to... I, I, can't. I don't know if it's because I talk all day since I teach mm-hmm. and, you know, work with people doing all that talking. And so when I'm on my all time, like, I don't like, wait, you want me to say words? Mm-hmm. Like respond to you with words? Mm-mm. No. I got See, I was, I was one of those kid like teens that would stay all night on the phone, even up until. Oh, that was me. I I still do like I I, talk, I think I'm talked out. I think I talk I love <laughs> talking, and yeah, I'm just a talker, like literally. I even mm-hmm. drive my mother crazy. She don't even want to hear about the wine industry. She <laughs> <laughs> she does not. <laughs> so yeah, I love to have, I'm calling. Would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button for your life? Hmm. I would rather have a rewind. And I say that in a, in a good way, because if what I do now, I wish I could have got into it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Like what I know now about business and entrepreneurship. Um, I think, I mean, I majored in business, um, and I just wish that I could have did it like right, you know, still worked in corporate, but really was did it in my late 20s to where I would have, I think I would have been all in like literally what I know, just, yeah, you know, because it's just for us as a people, it's like having that, I think it's important in yeah. our wealth building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I would have rewind. Yeah. yeah. Tanisha? Same, same, same. Rewind. Mm. Uh, I don't know exactly what hour we wind back to mm-hmm. like what's that pivotal moment that I feel like would change the trajectory of everything mm-hmm. um, but yeah rewind to some um, point 
I think that I would rather pause because if I were to, hmm, if I were to rewind everything, I don't think that I would have the same maturity to carry things out um, if I were in wine. Um, so, okay. So with you pausing though, mm-hmm. you're pausing to what? Like, okay, you stop your life and then. Um, I would want to pause. Play right. I would want to pause certain parts of my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, like, let me just pause the whole wine industry so I can save all this money and yes. then figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. So I wouldn't want to pause everything, just certain parts. Does that yeah. make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Alicia, thank yes. you so much for being on the wow. show. This was awesome. Yes. Before you go, tell everybody where they can follow you and what your website is and anything you got coming up. Yes. So um, thank you guys for having me. My website is thewinenoir.com. So that's T-H-E-W-I-N-E-N-O-I-R-E.com. Same goes for all social media. It's The Wine Noir on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, YouTube, etc. And um, yeah, my, my wine club will be launching this summer. You can go on my website at www.thewinenoir.com to sign up to be on my mailing list. And I, the next event, I'm going to have a pop-up event at the Black Wine and Food Experience on February 1st in Oakland, California. It's sold out. And it's going to be amazing with seven other black wineries and 10 chefs. And it's going to be really amazing. And then I have other events coming up as well. Great. Well, you have a wonderful week and thanks again Thank for being you on the show. Thank you so much. Guys, don't forget to follow the Swirl Suite on all social media at Swirl Suite. Follow Girlmeets Glass, Find Me Up, Vino Noir, and Vino 301. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.